Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series, season two, episode two. One of my really good friends from Washington is on the line. How's it going, Brandon? Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Not too much. And we've got your lovely wife with us as well, right? Hello. How are you? And what is your name? Danae. Danae. So we've got Brandon and Danae from Washington, and they're on the show to talk about their story on how they found out that they were, um, Brandon had Kleinfelder syndrome. And um, just to tell you a little bit about their life and their and their story. So, Brandon, can you uh, kind of just let us know on kind of how you found out and how, how old are you now and, and when did you find out? So, I am 36 years old now and I think I was 32 when I got diagnosed. I, I got a hernia due to a work-related injury and then I was going through like a bunch of doctors and I had ultrasounds done. Um, and one of the ultrasound techs said that my testicles were a, a little smaller than they should be. So then they looked into other stuff and eventually uh, did some blood work and it found out that I had an extra chromo- X chromosome. So that's how I figured out that I had Kleinfelter syndrome and XXY. And so like, and initially it was like, it was like a bomb for me, because I was like, I felt like I was like God's mistake or uh, like there was something completely wrong with me and like I'll never be able to have kids. But um, it's really, that didn't last too long, I don't think. And were you married at the time to? No, but we were engaged. And so how did that information, like when you found out that you had Kleinfelder syndrome, how did that how did that affect your guys' engagement or did, did you tell her immediately or how did that go? Yeah, I definitely told her immediately. And um, I think my wife was excited about it because she never really wanted to have kids the old fashioned way anyways. So um, it, it worked out for us. It wasn't a, it wasn't a huge deal when it came to that. And I guess for most folks, that's probably the biggest thing with, um, XXY is that they can't have they I mean I guess some people can but it's not it's very rare to have kids the old-fashioned way when you um, have XXY so I guess that's a huge deal for a lot of people but it wasn't for us so Danae how was it for you as far as finding that diagnosis out after you guys had been engaged uh, I remember when he had called me right after his doctor's appointment and told me and I just initially went to the mindset of like what what does this mean he had told me like it was low chance of having kids like having me pregnant which uh, before I had told him I didn't know that I want to be pregnant that maybe we would just go a different route like adopting so that was just a way to show us of what we should do have kids we if we decide so we will adopt but then I I more went to like uh what will this mean for the future is you know what 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 will this is this like a any life expectancy thing is I I didn't know what anything meant and so I kind of waited till he got home so we could research it together and so how, how was it when you guys decided, you know, you guys, you guys were going to research it together and when you found out at 32, what kind of information were you able to find or Brandon, how did that 
information like impact you when the doctor, did the doctor deliver the information? Yeah, the doctor delivered that information to me, uh, I guess. Well, so initially he was like, let's try to do some tests. And I think I was taking um, HCG uh, shot twice a week to try to have like make my brain tell my testicles to produce sperm. And I did that for a, a long time and then I got tested again um, and I still had a zero sperm count. So then he said we could do a micro tease and remove a testicle and see if we could try to find sperm that way. And then my wife and I basically looked at each other in the doctor's office and we're like, no, I think if it didn't work, if we haven't like naturally pr produced anything at this point, we're just, we're going to go a different route. So I told the doctor at that point, like, Hey, if we have kids, we're going to adopt and it's not, it doesn't bother us at all. So we'll just go that route. And then he said, okay, so we'll just get you on testosterone. And then that's the only thing I've really taken since then. I, I do take a thyroid thyroid medication, but that and testosterone is pretty much it. I think they offered more, they had like another research test available where he'd have to drive an hour or something to the to University you. of Washington for another test. And we we're already paying a lot of money for this. HCG. Yeah, we're paying money for that and driving to Seattle to get it. So it was just a lot of work and money to just try things. And we were kind of done with that at that point. Yeah. So, so you weren't really given all that much information. And then did they, like, how long no. were how long were you on HCG? Uh, I would say more than three months. And did they get... I, I don't remember exactly... Did they give you any information? Okay. Did they give you any information as to like why they were putting you on HCG versus like you should be on testosterone? No. Uh, well, he j just said that there's a chance that being on HCG, my body would create sperm, I guess. I would go from a zero sperm count to something, but it didn't happen. I got zero. I got nothing. And then obviously looking on Google, I was like, wow, I do not feel like what Google tells me I should feel like. So then I found a Facebook group of people with Klinefelter syndrome. And then I, I really felt like I was fine. Like I kind of, I belonged to this planet, I guess. Like it you, just seems weird looking back on it now. Cause I, oh, I feel good now, but it was just kind of like a, a uh, small time of confusion and a little bit of depression, but so how now did, I'm like, I just feel normal. How did you bounce back from, I mean, you were, you lived your entire life growing up and did you, once you were diagnosed at 32 and then you started to do the research, did you kind of look back at your past? Did you have struggles with learning or, or stuff like that, that yeah, some definitely. of the, some of the diagnosis yeah. says? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I I feel like I barely graduated high school. I, um, it's like I was never really good in like PE or math or reading or um, I just wasn't very like um, athletic. That's why PE wasn't good. But um, I don't know how I graduated, but I did. And 
I remember when I was really uh, young, my my mom bought like hooked on phonics for me on tape or something so that I could learn how to read. But I don't know. I could read kind of. I could. I mean, even now I could read, but I'm not very fast at reading. And I have a hard time like retaining the information that I read unless I read it a, a few times. But yeah, I did. Once I got diagnosed, I was like, oh, this is this is why this makes sense. This is why I was. I struggled when I was younger, but now knowing that, I just know that I have to put in a little bit more work in order to achieve the same goals as like a normal non-XXY person would <laughs> achieve. You, know, you mentioned the hooked on phonics. I remember at 11 or 12 years old, my parents had me with the hooked on <laughs> yeah. phonics tapes as well with the, the VHSs and the, the cassette tapes and I remember at the time there were those weird commercials for Hooked on Phonics on the TV. And I remember kids at school, yeah. <laughs> kids at school were making fun of like this Hooked on Phonics for kids that didn't know how to read and, and or weren't very good at it. And I here I was knowing that and just keeping that information from them because I knew that if I told them that I was on it, I would just get absolutely bullied even more. Yep. <laughs> same, same deal, same situation with me, but. That's awesome. So but yeah, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so when you went on testosterone, did you, what was the impact that it had on you as far as not never having testosterone and then going on it? Are you on a cream, a gel? Do you do a shot? Like what, what is the type of testosterone you take and how has, have you noticed any positive improvement in your life from taking it? So uh, I take a shot every two weeks, um, and the the biggest um, positive thing that I noticed is uh, higher sex drive. Um, and then I guess I like a gen, like a sense of well being, kind of right right when I'm on testosterone. Um, I, I kind of felt like a little bit depression beforehand even though I didn't even know my diagnosis. Um, but then once I got on testosterone, it's like, I just, I'm just generally happier, more, or more happy now. I just feel happier and sense of well-being and better sex drive. Danae, do you notice a difference at all? Or I know that you guys just got engaged when he got diagnosed, but have you seen any positives from it? Yeah, definitely the happiness level and just like optimistic, just always, you know, that those with happy and energy level, um, just not as tired and um, yeah, I mean, and that also goes with the finding the community of other people, you know, he's more happy because he has the community that he can talk to and relate with that he doesn't feel alone and that he's here for a reason so brandon do you have any like once once you found the community you've been on testosterone now you're kind of what you're just even keel you're living your life um what do you do for work uh i'm a truck driver for u.s foods and i'm working more than 40 hours a week uh more than 10 hours a day and I get tired, but I, other guys that don't take testosterone get tired. Other guys that like most guys, 
all the guys that work besides me that I know of um, have regular, normal chromosomes, and um, and they get tired too. I just feel like I don't feel any different than they do. We all feel the same. So yeah, yeah you're working. I feel like a normal person. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't feel that there's anything wrong or like diff- different about me. I just feel like a normal guy. That's that's really good to hear, and that's good for our community to know that like. You know, once you found community, you don't feel alone. And, and that's good for the rest of the community to know that, you know, if they get their diagnosis soon or if they are finding out, you know, relatively quickly and they find this podcast that, you know, you're just another normal dude out there, you know, that happens to inject testosterone and has an extra X chromosome. But you're just living your life working, what, 14 hour days lately? Yeah, lately, 14 to 16 hour days. We're super busy at work, so... Yeah. And so how long have you worked for How long have you worked for US Foods? I've been there I think this is my 11th year. That's uh that's a good that's a good chunk of time. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'll probably be here till I till I retire cuz I'm we've got good seniority at this point, pays pretty good, benefits are great, so I don't see any point in leaving. So as far as the two of you, I'm, I'm curious to see like how you guys met and, um, you know, how is your relationship? How is it dating someone that we're not dating? You're married now. So how is it dating, uh, yeah. married to someone who, you know, has an extra X chromosome? Do you, as a spouse, do you, do you ever find that you need support as well? Or, or, um, I'm, I, that question kind of got. But yeah, that, that's kind of, Danae, do you feel like there's support system for you out there or is that something that you wish there was more of? Uh, I do wish there was more of, but I, I know, um, especially with talking to you, that there are other people that you can connect us with. So that's awesome having the, this group to talk to and that we we can reach out if we need to. Then you, you introduced me to Greg. I haven't actually met up with him yet, but um, he, I believe, is engaged, right? Um, but we we talk occasionally. We text quite a bit, so um, that'd be nice if once we actually do get together, you can meet his spouse. Yeah. So- um, we met because, uh, to answer your question about how we met, um, I, Danae's brother was my best friend. So I guess I knew him probably for like seven years before we started dating and I had met her, but we, nothing really clicked until it did. Nothing clicked until it clicked. <laughs> and they, my, my brother and Brandon worked together for a few years and that's how they met and would see each other all the time and then Brandon would always be around my brother even at family events New Year's Eve and just all these little holidays and on my 21st birthday a lot of my friends were back in my college town and I was home for the weekend and I was like well I want people to go out with for my 21st so I had my brother bring his friends and uh, Brandon was there. 
So just kind of those things of Brandon was always around. And so he was just kind of one of our family members, it seemed. But then on one New Year's Eve, we just got to hanging out more. And then we started texting. And, and then we would hang out just the two of us. And then Danae actually asked me out on our first date. I did. And the rest is history. That's, <laughs> that's awesome that she made the first move. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as your diagnosis goes, is is it something that you're open about or kind of private about? Does your family or your friends, you know, uh, Denise's brother, your best friend, do do they know? And if you when you told them, like, was there this awesome support system or how has kind of that route gone as far as, you know, self-advocating for yourself about your own diagnosis? I think that all of my closest friends and family know about it. And I'm not, I don't just, I don't like uh, wear a shirt that says it or like drive around with a banner on my vehicle. No offense, Ryan. No, it's okay. <laughs> but I don't, uh, I, I will tell people, I don't, but I don't uh, just like bring it up and tell strangers, I guess. So but, I'm not ashamed of it because I don't, I don't really, I don't feel different than anyone else at all. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. But, but people, but people that go online and like Google it, they're going to like think that I'm like super messed up, but I'm just normal. It's, it's not a big deal at all. Yeah. One of the fun things that I got to experience with you was, um, going, I spent some time with Brandon and his wife and, um, we went on what four by four trails in, in your, was it a RAV or, or what was it? Uh, our side by side, we have a YXZ 1000. And that so was, you got to go cruising around with us. Yeah, that was awesome. That was such a fun experience of being able to just hang out with another guy and go do things that you do. And, and so as far as like activities go is, is what do you, what do you get yourself into for fun? And, and, uh, know on your weekends what do you guys do well we're currently rebuilding our deck i wouldn't say that it's fun but it's going to be rewarding when it's done um but it, it does show his creative side and that he's such a handyman he's redoing the deck he'll do any car work anything i'm like oh we need to buy this he's like i can build it he just built a shed. He's very hands-on. and I would rather build something than buy it if it's it. possible. Um, what I We love camping. We're all summer long. We're probably in our trailer more than we are at our house. Um, we would love to if that was possible, if we didn't have to work. But um, mostly camping, riding, riding the sand. Dirt biking, riding quads, working on cars, working, working on cars, helping others with their cars. Um, when I was 24, I was super into flying um, airplanes. So I actually bought a plane when I was 24 and then got to the point where I could solo and fly by myself, which I think is probably super hard for anyone to do. And then oh. I was able to do it with an extra chromosome and it was able to take off and land and fly around by myself without anyone else in the plane. Um, I'm still, I'm still into it, but I 
had to sell the plane for financial reasons. Those things are super expensive. Um, and then, uh, well, Ryan knows, but we own a house on a lake and we have a couple of boats and we love boating and swimming and yeah, life's pretty awesome. <laughs> Just another one of those successful guys out there, you know, living the life. It was so much fun to go, uh, side by side with you guys and, um, you know, I'll, I'll use one of those videos to promote your podcast. Uh, I'll put a, I'll put a little edit together, um, for that. And, you know, it was just really incredible to spend a, a day in the life of Brandon and Danae. Um, it's incredible to listen to you guys just talk about a little bit about your story. And, you know, Danae mentions that you're very hands-on. Is this something that you realized at a young age and never, you know, are you a more of like a visual hands-on thinker worker and, 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 you know, you said you barely graduated through high school. So, um, can you get a little detail into that? Yeah, I think, I think definitely I'm uh super hands-on if, if, if there was a way for me to learn everything that I needed to know in high school by just like doing it and not reading it and being told, I think I would have graduated with flying colors. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, can't do everything hands on. But um, yeah, I, I at a young age, I always like taking things apart and trying to figure out how they work and then put them back together and hope that they still work. And they didn't always still work. But yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know why. I just I like to do a lot of research on stuff and figure out how things work. And yeah watch youtube videos to, yeah youtube videos is a way to learn how to do anything yeah, yeah watching every, some watching somebody else that's how i've done everything is watching somebody else do it and then for some crazy reason even though i've never done it before i can just like watch their video and then go do it probably 10 times better than they did it my first time and yeah that's that's really cool to be able to be that hands on and acknowledge that hey this is how i this is like what I love to do, like redoing your deck. I've redone my parents' deck. Uh, you know, it all that handyman, like just tinkering around, trying to get something to work is so much fun. It's like so interactive in the brain and, and with your hands. It's such a, a amazing thing, amazing talent to have. And it's like a huge accomplishment. Like when you get it done, you're like, I nailed it. It looks perfect. When I'm done with this deck, it's going to look way better than it did when we bought the house. It's, it's going to be amazing. Did you take, and I can't wait. And hopefully I'll have the, the deck boards down by tomorrow evening. Did, did you take some before and after photos? Uh, not me. I don't really take photos of anything. <laughs> oh yeah. But my wife takes we'll photos yeah. of everything. We'll show you. Well, I, I'd love to see that. Um, so I'm a little curious about, um, you know, Danae, knowing, knowing you probably know a little bit about Kleinfelder syndrome. Is there any like communication stuff within your guys' relationship that there is some stress or some communi- miscommunications or, you know, obviously every couple has um, like it, their own challenges with communication, but have you noticed anything that could be potentially related to Brandon and possibly XXY? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's, I'm not for sure on what this regular everyday relationship versus specifically XXY, um, but with the testosterone shots, it's 
every other week, I mm-hmm. believe. And so, and even he'll tell me too, he'll be like, oh, I'm, you know, feeling a little on edge or something because it's shot day tomorrow or whatever. And so we, we do see the ups and downs of having that shot. And we, we've looked into the other options of like the gel or, and all that, but the shot works best for us. Um, so yeah, the, the waves, emotional waves of the shot. Um, Irrit- does irritability happen? I think yeah. that I'm irritable when I'm, when I'm low on testosterone. Yeah. I, I don't feel irritable. And I know that some people, when they get their shot, like the, few days after they got their shot they're kind of irritable but I'm kind of the opposite of that I feel mm-hmm. really good when I have my testosterone freshly in me but then I kind of feel down right before my shot yeah I'm, I'm the same way and also this, this could be just a guy thing but um like emotional expression um just you know talking about feelings and you know where we're at why you're feeling this way but that that's just all part of a a relationship and um just kind of taking a step back and yeah I I don't talk about my feelings but but he he will if you know we we just if we sit down and yeah he'll get he'll get worked up on something and you just have to be calm and let him feel his feelings. He might need a second away, but he's really good now on saying, I need a minute. And then I say, okay, you come to me when you're ready. I'm not going to come to you till you're ready. So so just being really direct in what each other needs. And, and it takes some time. This is probably for every marriage too, but it, it takes some time on a little trial and error for seeing what you each need and you know it not being super mad at each other like oh you shouldn't have gotten like that emotional with me or just really understanding and seeing where he's coming from yeah the biggest thing for me is like if I because I don't know probably all guys or all people just just uh say things that they shouldn't have without thinking about the consequences of what they're saying. So the biggest thing for me is if I'm, if we're having an argument, I just kind of need to step away for a minute and kind of gather my thoughts and see what's more important in our lives together. And then just go back into it and and with more of a level head and have a discussion rather than an argument. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really, you make a really good point there. I I think like emotional regulation, I think it might be like where it, we, it tends to, your emotions tend to take control and, and you speak from your emotions versus like actually being able to think about what you're saying. Like I call it foot and mouth syndrome. Like, um, you instantly regret, regret what you have to say, especially, especially if it's with someone that you care about, like your wife, you know, you're having, you have a, you have a, you have a disagreement about something, but then instead of thinking about what you have to, what you want to say, you kind of just say whatever's on your mind. And then, and then all of a sudden you're like, oops, like sh- you see the look on her face and you instantly know that like 
you said something that you thought that you was going to come out the right way, but it came out a completely different way. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely stepping away from the situation and actually thinking about what you're saying and how that could, um, uh, react with someone else's emotions or how they would react to that. I, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I like that being able to actually be able to actually tell your partner that you need a moment. You need to step away from the conversation and having her understand that this is how your brain works and this is how you work and having her, you know, give you that time that you need. And then, you know, coming back to her when you're, when you've thought about, when you've thought about like how to say something better. Yeah. And it doesn't take that long, but it, it definitely is super helpful to just step away from the situation for a minute. And you're right. Like not all spouses would be, they want to get it taken care of right now, but um, it'll get taken care of better if I can just step away for a minute. So um, that yeah. works for us. And that that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Like you found this love for tinkering with stuff and taking it apart, even though you might not be able to put it back together as a kid, like, you're finding this way of living your life with your wife, with your friends, your family that works best for you. And you're not comparing yourself to the rest of society, which, you know, is as an XXY guy, like it, just having an extra X chromosome, there's so much misinformation out there and so many possible ways and things that you could get trapped in. So it's really cool to see like the real raw side of you know, your relationship and your life, you sharing it on this podcast to show other people that, Hey, like, look, I could, I, I have depression and I, you know, might've had anxiety, but I've figured out what works best for me in my life. And, and that's really cool for you to be able to, you know, find that in a spouse and also find that within yourself and just continuing to like live life and be happy. Yeah. I honestly just, I feel like a normal, I feel like one of my buddies. I don't feel any different, um, especially having, taking testosterone as a supplement um, because I don't naturally make as much as I should. Um, I honestly don't feel, I don't feel any different than, um, than I feel, I feel like my life's better than a, a lot of people, but it's just all in what you put into it. If you work hard, you you get rewarded so i i think the only time it comes up really like if, if friends you know, like we never compare ourselves to others until friends are like hey when are you guys having kids and, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like oh now it would come up to tell people but honestly we we have the opportunity to have kids we can adopt it's a total possibility but the truth is we tell them we're like we're having so much fun <laughs> just as ourselves as a married couple like we buy what we want we go where we want and we just have so much fun that it's tough to put kids in the mix but, and, so and that's that, the only time it we're just a really up. selfish couple <laughs> no you're not. we just really like where we're at you're, you're not selfish at all. You know, it, Dan, the last podcast that we recorded with Dan Mooney, he actually found out the exact same way that you did. And I was going to just about to ask you guys that question about what is it like when friends or people, you know, you've been married for quite some time now and people come up to you and, and, you know, it's so 
it's it's crazy to me that people see a couple, they see a married couple and they don't see kids and they instantly, for some weird reason, there's this obsession to be like, do you guys have yeah. kids or, and, or do you want kids or are you pregnant? Like, and so how yeah. do you guys handle those situations when sometimes you have to deal with like really ignorant people that, you know, instantly think that life itself is only about, you know, procreating and having children. I think that it, um, that my wife gets that those questions more than I do, or maybe they just bother her more, I guess. <laughs> um, but when, when people say that, I just like, well, we, we could have kids right now, but we, we just don't want to, but life is, it's so fun to just at the drop of a hat <laughs> to be able to just go camping literally with like flip a coin and figure out where we're going. So that's my answer. But there are, she has a really big family and there's people on her side of the family that have no idea what my diagnosis is. And um, I don't, we're not super close to them. So I don't know that it's, I'm not going to just go hang out. If we were closer to them, I would tell them, but we just, we don't hang out with them that much. So. Yeah. And when people ask me, like, Oh, when are you having kids? I'll either say, if we decide we want kids, we will adopt. So then they kind of know that that's the route we would take and push on them that, Hey, we get to decide and not, it's not, you're married, you must have kids. But if we want it, we will adopt. That's that's the route we will take. And then I just remind people of like, well, look at our life. Like you, other people see us like, wow, how do you get to go camping all the time? And you always look like you're having so much fun. Like, well, we chose that life for us. And I have, um, my siblings have kids. We have nieces, so we we can... <laughs> Hang out with our little nieces when we want. Yeah, you we can, can hang. We can play with back. Yeah, yeah. The the rent a baby. You can you can rent the child for the day and then hang out with them. And then when it comes oh, yeah. to that crazy time of changing diapers or whatever that may be, it's like okay, yeah. here you go. <laughs> go back. Exactly. It's a great situation. Yeah, you know that's it's really cool to see that there are so many like male infertility is this unspoken this unspoken thing, you know, a lot of people, when you look at Instagram and stuff, there's IVF and all these women are posting about how they can't get pregnant and their journey to get pregnant and men, you know, out there, especially those guys that have Kleinfelder syndrome, like it's not being able to have kids is, you know, there's a few miracles out there that guys that have done micro that have kids and I know them personally. Um, but yeah, a lot of guys have either chosen to not have kids, go the adoption route or use donor sperm. So, just because you can't biologically father or biologically have a kid doesn't mean that you can't be a father and doesn't mean that you can't have a family if that's what you choose. And so I think that's something that I love to hear. I love that you guys, you know, put yourself out there in that sense and say like, you know, people are asking you why you have so much fun. It's like, well, we've chosen that, you know, and that's really, I think that's reassuring to other mothers and families out there who have young sons with XXY that, you know, the focus on their their young boy of like two, three, four years old, you know, the, well, he, is he going to be able to have kids later on in his life? Like you got diagnosed late, you got diagnosed through a random hernia, you know, not even trying to have kids. And so it's a testament to just 
Like as long as you're happy, I think ultimately in the end, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're super good. I, I don't feel like I'm like, I feel like, I don't know how many times I could say it, but I feel normal. I don't feel any different than anyone else. Uh, maybe a little better because we have a lot of fun in our lives and our marriage. And I think our, our purpose is, you know, in life and is to, we can be parents in a way towards our nieces and be like the cool aunt and uncle or, you know, there, there's some other purpose other than being a mother and father to kids. It's, you know, if a friend really needs our love and attention or like there's there's something else that our love and attention needs to go towards yeah absolutely maybe it's adopting child but it'll it'll happen if it happens it'll happen i guess but not right now our purpose is still unraveling we'll see what yeah it's really cool to see that your guys life you're impacting your friends and family around you and you have that time to spend with them if they need it so if you've got some friends that are going through a hard time or depression i know that us xxy guys are really empathetic and we like to you know help people out and that's something that is really cool in your guys situation is you guys don't have the, the kids and so you're able to go on the trips enjoy yourself or help people around you even in your in your local community. And that's, that's really cool to be able to be in your mid thirties working 14 hours a day and then still be able to like give back to other people. So is there anything that you guys would like to say to the, to the community out there, to other wives or other, other guys out there, families um, that are kind of impacted and have sons or spouses with XXY? I guess my, my wife might have a different thing, but um, I have um, found out since I was diagnosed that some expecting mothers of an XXY child have the option to have an abortion just because they have XXY. But if I could like, don't do it because I feel like a normal person. I I'm super happy that I was born and I have a great life and I don't feel any different than anyone else. I, my life is great and I'm, I'm glad that I'm alive. So that's my biggest thing. It's not having a diagnosis of XXY um, is not a reason to abort a child. I would I mean, if we had the option to adopt a child that was XXY or one that didn't have XXY, I think we would, we would go, or I would at least go XXY because we, we know what we're doing. It's, it's not a big deal. It's normal to us. So it's not a big, yeah, it's not really a big deal. So don't make it one. Yeah. And I, I don't, I honestly forget about it a lot that, that he does have XXY. Like I said, it only I only think about it when friends are like, oh, when are you having kids? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you guys don't know about that yet. Okay. Or, and even like the emotional regulation stuff. I I have emotional regulation stuff too. Like we, we all do. It's all human to, 
to go through the ups and downs of life. It's it's nothing new. It's totally fine. It's just I guess we blame it on that. And yeah, I don't. It doesn't quite affect our marriage. Mm, no, it, everything it, is it good. Just, yeah, we're we're just good. And if if there are any wives or even girlfriends or anything that want to reach out, they can go through Ryan and Ryan can send uh, my info. You, you're gonna get a whole bunch of you're gonna get a whole bunch of ma or wives that are gonna come your way, and that's that's really cool because it builds a whole community. Let's do it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's really community. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I want to create this this network of wives and spouses and partners that have support that might have you know better ways to help their their husbands or their partners and. You know, um, at the end of the day, everybody has something, you know, everybody in this entire world has, you know, from glasses to high cholesterol to needing to take medication to cancer to, you know, any of these, you know, all of us have great positives and all of us have like something that affects our health. And at the end of the day, you know, you have an extra X chromosome, Brandon, and uh, that's about it. So I really appreciate you guys sharing your story and, and coming on the show and, doing a podcast together as husband and wife. I think it's a really cool avenue to go. And um, I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts with uh, more husbands and wives um, and more guys with their partners. And, you know, just this podcast is the, is the sky's the limit. Um, so thanks for having you on the show. And um, is there anything else that you guys would like to say? I think that's it. Well, thank you. Of course. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. And um, do you want? Um, do you have a an Instagram handle or Facebook that you, if you, people wanted to read it, reach out to you, they could, um, or you just want to leave it leave it at that. Um, I any I guess someone someone could find me on Facebook. I don't have any other social medias. I don't really pay attention to my phone that much. <laughs> I just cool. um, rather be outside than on the computer. But uh, you can uh, just. You can I think they, we're both on the XXY living with XXY Facebook. Yeah. Or I don't know. It's okay. I can. We, if, we both have Facebook pages. That'd be a good way to. Yeah. If anybody contact through my. If anybody wants to reach out to you guys and they re, they reach out to um, info or living with XXY at living with um, and they mention you guys, I'll just put, send them your way and put them in touch. Yeah, I don't think on the podcast I want to throw out my first and last name, yeah. phone number, and everything. But um, if if you want to push someone through to us, that would be great. Yeah, abso- oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, and and uh, we'll chat with you all soon. All right, cool. Thanks. Thank you.